Springfield in Champaign, corner of Springfield and Duncan. Or you can phone in at 217-356-9397. That's 356-WDWS. You can also text us at 217-351-5357. Our experts today include... Ms. Marianne Metz. Good morning, Tamara. Good morning. Good morning, Mr. John Weisgarber. Good morning, Tamara. And Mr. Steve Brunk. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. And it, we'll go ahead and, and put Brooke on the air. Brooke Sholem has been here the past, well, a month or two, actually. Um, good morning, Brooke. Good morning. <laughs> and and she's been uh, my assistant here, so I thought we could just throw her on the air real quick and and uh, and say good morning. And you you... You're about to graduate from which high school? Central High School. Yay. And you're going to go mm-hmm. where? I'm going to the University of Wisconsin-Madison. Okay. Yay. Yay. Nice. And then, um, and you said that your mom? Oh, do you know what you're going to study? Uh, communication arts, so like television production and what I'm doing here, too. Okay. Yeah. And what it, what I love about Brooke is she's interested in all the technical stuff behind the scenes. That's awesome. Not so much mm-hmm. the, the talent in front. Right. That's yeah. Cool. And that's yeah. critical because if you don't have that, <laughs> and, and, and she'll be there to support some of the aging talent that's out there. I don't uh, know who that might be. Yeah, I, Seriously. I, 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 present company excluded, of course. <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, but, I mean, because it's, it's got to be changing so quickly just like everything else is. So it's good that you've got some young people that are learning about it in school and mm-hmm. can keep on going to whatever the next step is going to be. Yeah. And and Brooke did write one of the best promos I've ever heard ever. Yeah. Thank you. Um, as, as she wrote a promo for uh, Coffee with the Plant Experts. And she produced and it. Produ- yeah. And she, and she so, found so the sound bites and everything. Really good. Brooke. good. Really good. The whole thing was Brooke. Yeah. So, so I just wanted to throw you on the air real quick and say thanks for all the hard work you're doing yeah, behind the sure. scenes. Yeah, of course. Yeah. You said your mom likes to garden? Yeah. And does she do vegetables or annuals? Uh, perennials? Flowers, annuals. Okay. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's great. And you said she likes she likes containers? Yeah, yeah, like pots and stuff. I think we're going to get her a gift card for Mother's Day here. That's so sweet. Hey, cool. <laughs> That's hey, a great you idea. You could get a free Boston Fern hanging basket yeah. with a $50 gift card purchase. It no <laughs> goes, goes through tomorrow. And they're beautiful Bostons, boy. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Big and full. Oh, gosh, yeah. So they're just lovely. Looking. Just lovely. Yeah. The uh, we, we were blessed with a busy day yesterday and and then hats off to the team here because the store looks more full the greenhouse looks more full the shrub lot looks more full now than it did 24 hours ago wow which is just amazing when you think about how much merchandise yeah left the store yeah yeah and, and it's so full and there's so much good stuff so yeah but you know what that means it means that a lot more people are gardening and and enjoying plants oh yeah that, that's that's the whole point and, Get out there and do it. And you know what? It's not just uh, those people who are enjoying it. It's everybody who gets to pass by their homes. You know, that's, yeah, it, this morning, I we have a lot of walkers in our neighborhood. And this morning, I'm having coffee, and it, it's a sunroom on the front of the house. And people walking by, and this one couple stopped and looked at the tree peonies that were in flower. Because I have some that are right up against the sidewalk so that people can enjoy it. Nice. Oh, it's just so, like, wow. That's, that's, cool. what, it's, that's what it's for. They yeah. like, with they like yeah. enjoy the the yeah, that's neat. Let everybody enjoy it. That is nice. I brought uh, a couple of plants here that just so I could hear Marianne pronounce them correctly. Uh, <laughs> One of them is called like Streptococcus or something. 
No, I think, I think that's, that's a disease. <laughs> yeah, that's, Strepta, in your, that's in your throat. Strepta, Strepta carpella. Yeah, <laughs> very good. Fine, that was the only one. That was the only one I could pronounce. <laughs> and you oh, took sorry, it. and, and you I ruined it. it for you. But it's really a nice plant, isn't it? I really like that strepta. It's, it's, it's in the. It's related to an African violet, and you really want to care for it about the same. Yeah. And so exactly. you could have it inside the home, or you could have it outside on a screened-in porch or a, a covered porch area that where it's not getting direct sun, but bright indirect light would be fantastic for it. Yep. And keep and if you can, probably, yeah, keep the water off the leaves so you don't yep. have any spotting. It's got a little bit of a pubescence or fuzzy leaf to it, and it's uh, more open than an African violet would mm-hmm. be. The flowers are completely different shape, uh, but it's it looks like a little woodland plant. It does, um, doesn't it? Does. it? That's yeah. but good, it's, yeah. But it's a really neat one. And then we don't have it often in a small pot like this. So this isn't a four-inch uh, pot for four ninety-nine, uh, four and a half-inch pot. So it's it'd be kind of a fun thing. We're gonna they're on a rack outside or on a table outside, but I think we're gonna move them into the houseplant room here this morning. How tall do they get? Um, a little bit taller than that, maybe ten, twelve inches, maybe fifteen at the most. Okay. Because, yeah, I mean, you said they're related to African violets. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and those I think of as like a spreader. spreader yeah, yeah, they're okay. low spreaders, this but this upright. is more of an upright, yeah. 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 But I like that little fuzzy leaf. I think that's a neat texture. I it, love the way the, the, the flower scape comes up and kind of dances over the top of the... It does. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Dances. Yes. Dances over the top. That's nice. Yeah, and there's not, I, I guess it's from the ceiling fan, but it's even actually dancing right in front of us right now. <laughs> we, we actually don't have it. Oh, yes, we do. Okay. I was going to say, we don't have a ceiling fan here. Okay, who's doing heavy breathing over there? <laughs> Not me. Not even awake yet. Okay, Marianne. Let the, let the other ones roll off your tongue. I'm going to have to read them. I have to read them. So, but they're really cool. This what? is So the common name on this one? Kangaroo paw. Yeah, honey. Those are guys, yeah. really cool things. Four and colors, these, I think. These are... And native to the southern hemisphere, yeah. Australia, New yes. Zealand. And so, yeah. um, Anagosanthos. She Kang- sounded so much better than the person online. Kanga cherry. Yeah. <laughs> trying to pronounce it. Well, no, I, I just wanted to make sure uh, the G was a go, not a Joe. Joe? Yeah. Uh, and, uh, oh, I love this one. Oh, that one's fantastic. Yeah, the common a- name on it is Orange Starflower. And it just has a, it's almost a pineapple look, isn't it? It really does look like a pineapple, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Okay, this one's going to be a little tougher. Oh, no, it isn't. Ornithogallum. Dubium. Ornithogallum. Uh-huh. Orange star flower. Look at the, does look it at the flower. Thing. Oh, it does flower. Oh, it's an annual. Oh, those are beautiful. Oh, for sure. These guys are going to be whole... great in a combo pot. Mm-hmm. These are just be lovely. I, I, both of them are just, well, all three of them. Even that one could go in a, a shady uh, combo pot. Thing. Absolutely. Even the streptococcus, uh-huh. streptocarpella. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? People are going to come in asking for it. Yes, There's, you're right. What was, what was the one, something to do with streptococcus? <laughs> They'll say thank you, Tamara. <laughs> that's okay. Because <laughs> y'all will know. And we'll oh, know exactly what you mean. That's the beauty of this is that you just kind of throw it out there. So I don't have a clue if I'm pronouncing them correctly, but I sounded like I was proud of it. Heck yeah, you I? did. Yeah. Okay. And, and the only reason we're calling these out is because they're, well, this is the first time we've had that orange star flower. Yes. Ever. And the kangaroo paws is not consistently every year by any means. And we've never had this nice of a selection. No. Uh, but there's, again, I think about four different colors. And, and again, the Tropical Carpella just 
isn't available in a small pot like this. So anyway, we just wanted to call them out to share it because as gardeners, we're enthusiastic about it, and we want people to know that there's an opportunity to get something that's unusual. Yeah. Uh, and I did happen to bring a couple of the, the cannas. We got more in again yesterday, and we talked about Cleopatra last week. Oh, right. uh, and again, two examples here where the foliage just varies crazy. Wildly. <laughs> and, and, and it's not like, well, that plant's always going to be that way. Every leaf's a different adventure it's sure. on these things. Just look at the plant you brought. I mean, it just every leaf is quite different from the yeah. next. So you could be bronze totally. You could be green. You could be brown and green striped. Uh, Half, to half a, bronze, that half one, green. That one looks like it's almost swirled. It yeah, is. it does. It like is. really cool. And like the, the flower does the same thing yeah. between orange and yellow, or I'm sorry, red and yellow. It just dances back and forth between spots, no spots, blotches, exactly. no blotches, solid colors, you name it. So even if it doesn't flower, it has just fabulous foliage. Oh, oh I would but grow man, it just for the foliage. But oh, what a fabulous too. flower. In, in fact, depending upon what you plant with it at the base of it, you could almost argue that if it's not in your color scheme, cut the flower stock off. Yeah, for sure. And just, oh, yeah. and just enjoy the foliage. Yeah, but who doesn't have yellow and red in their color scheme? Yeah, come but on. it may not be in the same pot. And, you know, it's just going to work out. Yeah, so. I, I think you could make it work. The leaves are a lot larger than I had expected them, that I had imagined them to be. They'll actually be a lot larger than that in the ground. Oh, yeah. my. Yeah. Uh, good selection of just about everything right now, oh, yeah. I mean, whether it's a hibiscus, whether it's a Hollywood hibiscus, hibiscus tree, and would encourage customers, if you're going to get one, get it get now it. because it doesn't look good for more hibiscus bush or Hollywoods or yep. oh. tree forms after what we just got in this week. Uh, uh, Boston Ferns we should be in pretty good shape on. But, again, free with a $50 gift card purchase, they're going to be walking out the door pretty fast. As they have been. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Hanging basket wise, we're good? We're, uh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. There's some beautiful Great baskets selection. back there. Yes, yeah. there are. Color, color, color. Beautiful. Sure. Any color nice. you want, actually. Yeah. There's a, a number of them that have mixed color in a pot. There's some that are straight colors. Oh, just anything you want. It's, it's here today. Yeah. That's great. Here today. Maybe Like not Steve tomorrow. said, that's exactly right. That's you see it, it, get it. Yeah. Yeah. You were started to... Oh, I was just going to expand on the tropicals a little yeah. bit. Some of, Tell me. One of my favorites is the Mandevilla. Oh, it's just a great, prolific viner with the intense colors of the red and the pink and the white. A crisp white. Oh, my, oh my gosh, gosh, yeah. I love those. I used to do those um, a few years ago on my on my deck. I would have them in containers, and then I had uh, trellises, or I had actually a, a screen... That was trellised. Nice. And they would just run up the whole thing. So nice. they're. I mean, they would go you know, up to eight, eight feet. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Oh, easy. Yeah. In, in a season, absolutely easily. A friend of mine used to, she had her fireplace, you know, was brick on the outside of the building. She would put them in the ground and she had wires up the fireplace sure. back and yep. they would go crazy up that. It was cool. so cool. And it doesn't harm the brick or the mortar at all? It's on the on the wire. You went to a wire frame. Right. It's, it's a wire frame. Away, I mean, it away will, from the brick. It yeah. It's not, a, it's not a cleaner. It's a twiner. So yeah. okay. it, it couldn't dig into the mortar like some vines could. Excellent. Yeah. And it's an annual, of course. You don't you have to rip it down every year. But okay. It's pretty cool. And that's Mandevilla? Mm-hmm. Okay. We have some great jasmine. Oh, yeah. yeah. I love that. Yeah, it's pretty. Smell is great. We've got a few gardenias. Mm-hmm. Oh, just trees, though, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Beautiful. But then what was the deal that you mentioned? Not gardenias. They were with uh, 
They were like a dollar ninety-eight geraniums. Oh no, there's some there's some small geraniums that came in, and by small I'm saying smaller than the ones that Linda's grown back there. But these oh, are yeah. seed geraniums, or in quotation marks, hybrid geraniums, whatever people want to call them to make them sound fancy. But uh, they're a buck ninety-nine, and they're just gorgeous. There's salmon and uh, violet and red and white and pink. Nice selection of colors. Yep. So, nice. yeah, okay. we're pretty much covered, and we got yeah. 50, 50 count flats of impatience left for thirteen ninety two. Yep. For fifty plants, full That's flats. So, I think it's pretty well covered across the board. That's enough to fill my uh, garden bed, and then to give some away. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> this is Plant Experts live at Prairie Gardens. You can uh, phone us at 217-356-9397 or even text us at 351-5357. So how about those cold temps last night? Mm. Huh? A little bit of a surprise. 36.2. Miss Digital. Oh my gosh. And the soil temperature. Was that currently? at 4 a.m. or 5 a.m.? Yeah. <laughs> 5.30. Okay. <laughs> I can't see. Yeah, I, mean, I, I really thought it was going to be, you know, 37, 38, 39, and uh, I was reading 35 this morning. Yeah. Uh, so it, it definitely was quite a bit of frost out there and it in looks various like locations. For a few more nights, too. Not quite that cold, but. Yeah, tonight's but not tonight, as bad. 40, 41, maybe. Yeah. Uh, depending upon who you listen to. And then tomorrow night. Uh, drops down again about 34, 35, 36, yep. depending on who you yep. listen to. Yeah. So just uh, pay attention and protect those annuals. Or hold off. Or hold off. Mm-hmm. You know, buy them, stash them. Um, so the the days are so pretty, though, it's hard to say, oh, gosh, I can't put them out yet. Yeah. But, yeah. but <laughs> the nights have been cold. Well, like you mentioned last Saturday, the soil temperatures are still relatively cool. Yeah, high because, 50s. Yeah, because the temperatures yeah. just haven't really warmed it up consistently. Yep. Nope. So um, I think... Because it's not been so wet like it normally has been, we've all been thinking, well, I can plant, I can do this, and I can do that. But you have to really make it timely in terms of plants that take cool conditions, cool soil temperatures, cool air temperatures, and not get too carried away with uh, warm stuff. And and how soon we forget, a year ago, right now, was a record low of 29, one year ago. Really? Yeah. Oh, there was so much damage, it was crazy. It's uh, hard to hard to remember that that was the case. I mean, we had people who had things covered. We had people who had things covered with buckets or milk jugs and uh, oh, things planted on the ground. And but it didn't matter. It didn't matter. They died. Didn't help. Yep. Cold is cold. Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy, and I think it was just because there was so much less growth on things, and then it just it was just a crazy. It was just a one of the most weird cold snaps I've ever seen in terms of the damage it did to plants Reminiscent of the April from hell, I call it, was about 10 years ago. We'd had such a mild spring, and things were leafed out nicely, and Mm. it dropped down to, it wasn't single digits, but it was pretty darn close, and some heavy winds. And it was several nights in a row. Yeah, it wasn't just one event. It was several, and I I had so much stuff damaged, and I actually lost a couple Japanese maples. From that, no because oh, they were leafed awful. out beautifully. That wind and cold came in, just burned them. Oh, that's a shame. I know. Yeah, You're listening to Plant Experts Live at Prairie Gardens, where you can phone us at 217-356-9397 or text 351-5357. Marlene is calling in from Tolono. Hey, good morning, Marlene. How are you? Good morning. Just fine, thank you. Good. And I have a question about mulch. 
uh, we're using natural mulch and doing our peony hedge. I have three, uh, well, areas of rhubarb. What about putting mulch on the rhubarb? Is that something you do or don't do? Hmm. I would do it, but I'd have it pulled away from the plant okay. a few inches just so you don't hold too much moisture on around the crown and, and encourage any kind of rot. Okay. So um, if, even if you're even if you're two inches away or something like that, that'd be fine. But that way you can keep the have all the benefits of reducing weed competition and maintaining a, more of a moderate soil condition holding the moisture so you have really good root growth but then you don't have that potential rot problem at the base of the plant okay well thank you for your advice i appreciate it thanks for calling now what's going to happen with that rhubarb after you grow it yeah oh the strawberry rhubarb pie most i knew it oh i love that (laughs) (laughs) awesome marlene that's awesome that sounds great Thanks for calling in, Marlene. We appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Have a great day. So, I, I, so you know, Steve, that's the the best practice for really all plants. Oh my gosh! To, yeah, I was just going right. to say that too. You know, really, so just, it, all, mulch is always a good idea. Always. Yeah, yeah, and and of course, not not piling it around the base of the plant exactly too closely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, peonies, Marianne. Yes. Some people say you shouldn't mulch around peonies. Really? Mm-hmm. Really? I, I always have. Huh. Uh, from a disease standpoint, well, more than anything. But One of the things that happens to mulch is it builds up your soil. It deteriorates into the soil. The soil level mounds up a little bit. I mean, not dramatically, but, you know, peonies can last for many decades. And if you do that over and over and over again, it raises the soil level, which is one of the first things that will make a peony not bloom is it being planted too deep. So oh. if you're building stuff up on top of it. But uh, like you just said, Steve, having stuff up around the crown and the stems is not a good practice. So, you know, you can mulch in the root zone around the plant and, and you know, get uh, one of those little hand rakes. I love that. Yeah. Um, and pull back the mulch around the plants. Whether it's a peony or a, a tree or anything. Okay. It's just a good practice. But the mulch keeps in keeps the soil temperature and moisture a lot more moderate, which plants really appreciate here because we get so up and down all the time. Well, like right now. Well, <laughs> up and, and down. Yeah. And the fluctuating moisture you know in tomatoes, for example, that's oh, perfect, yeah. the the leading cause for blossom end rot. You know, where you have Absolutely. those brown sunken spots on the bottom of the tomato and that's yep. more than calcium deficiencies because of the big swings in moisture level yep. so that way if you have a mulch in well you're going to be just a more of a moderate even temperature or moisture uh, level in the soil yep. okay yeah. and prevent that from happening but with peonies that just kind of surprised me that that somebody would think that you shouldn't mulch yeah. at I mean, all or we obviously do <laughs> we, we we obviously mulch them we, yes yeah uh, it's just hardly anything uh, you know maybe maybe bearded iris I'd, Maybe. Yeah, yeah. I'd certainly pull them away from the rhizomes just so you don't have any rotting. I've accidentally there. mulched over them before. Accidentally. Well, as you know, just like, oh, shoot, just throw it in there. Um, sedums, maybe not so close. Mm-hmm. Oh. In a rock garden situation. Yeah. So do you mulch your rock garden, Steve? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. See? Are you joking? No. I can't tell if you're being sarcastic or no, not. No, no, no. <laughs> 
Uh, no. It, it, you mulch your rock gardens. Well, it's not a rock garden. It's, it's not Amelia Bedelia rock garden. Okay. It, it's it's a area where there's a lot of sedums and succulents planted and creeping flocks. There's very few rocks. Uh, but, okay. So it's a rockless garden. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> but it, it, they're plants that like sharp drainage, well well drained. It's that area that I showed a picture of a couple of weeks ago. Uh, that had all the color with the Angelina sedum and the other oh, sedums and the hens and chicks too. and the yeah, flocks and all that stuff. But, yeah, it's heavily mulched in between, yeah. partly as a soil stabilizer and partly just because when it does dry out, it gets really dry. Yeah, so for sure. It just sure. helps, again, moderate the temperatures. Well, and, and then you don't have to pull as many weeds out. You're absolutely right, Yeah, which is huge. Oh, yeah. Huge, huge, huge. And with a rock garden, I mean... I'm kind of battling that right now. Every year we have weeds. Is it because I need to add a lot more rocks, or you yeah, just really let, have to let's do Let's let the them weed explain killer? a rock garden, <laughs> and then. Now, granted, it it was there when we bought the house. Let's let's make sure that's so, understood. So, how would you guys describe <laughs> a rock it. garden before we go any further here? A raised bed with rocks in it. That's a pretty good analogy. Yep. And it's, normally, you'll you'll plant. Plants that like to be well drained or exactly. in dry conditions. Exactly. Okay. Because it drains just sharply, with a, a mounded area drains faster. It's, it's like a raised bed vegetable garden. It drains faster. Okay. And in a rock garden situation, that's that's an advantage. You you want that vegetables. You have to just water more because they want water. But um, yeah. Okay. But basically. So something is going to grow in my rock garden. Sounds like. Absolutely. And if I don't spray it down, it will be weeds. It could be weeds. Well, okay. Anyway. But, but a ro- right a rock, now it's weeds. <laughs> a rock garden wouldn't have to have small rock, like gravel. It no. Could, oh. it, could, it could just, it might have It might have some textural element of some boulders or larger yeah. rocks uh, mm-hmm. that are mixed in, perhaps. Lava rocks. Yeah, you could be lava rocks yeah, if you're yeah. feeling kind sure, of. Sure, if you're feeling 70s. It's 70s hey. or Hawaiian. <laughs> hey, I it have, was with the house when we bought them. <laughs> same, same here. I have some big volcanic boulders, you know, black ones. Oh, neat. I inherited them with my house. But I took advantage of them and I moved them in and I kind of incorporated them into a semi Asian ish garden with other nice. stones and things. So nice. You know, just work with what you got. Absolutely. So, yeah. Very cool. Hmm. This is Plant Experts Live at Prairie Gardens. You can call in at 356-9397 or text us at 351-5357. Just had a flashback to Uh-oh. late 70s Prairie Gardens. When you pulled in the front entrance here, there was a pile of lava boulders dumped out there that we used to sell by the pound. Oh, dear. Cool. And uh, they were nine cents a pound. Oh. And, um, <laughs> wow. and the garbage dumpster was right out there, too, by the trees. That's uh, where the dumpster was. Things have changed since <laughs> the late 70s. You learn not to put the product next to the garbages. Oh, <laughs> or, or in front. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. But it's neat that the store's been around that long, and even a little bit longer. Oh, longer, since yeah. 1964. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah. It's yeah. It's going to be. This was where I came uh, when we when we did a landscape project at our house um, in um, 1969, I believe it was. Oh, my gosh. Wow. I got to come and help pick plants out. And that would have been before it moved family. down to this site. I think 
Jeff moved the business, the the building uh, down here in '70 or '71. Wow. Okay. Um, and it used to be down where where Little Porgies is now. Oh no, kidding! Yeah, I that's where it started in '64. On Springfield. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, neat. Isn't that cool? That is cool. That's very cool. It was before my time, but that's okay. So this past week in the store, what have people really been focusing on and what if they're having problems with? Well, what they're focusing on annuals and color. And mm. I cannot believe the carts, that, the beautiful carts, just yeah. piled with color. It's yeah. just everybody is so ready to get that out in the yard. Yeah, it's amazing. Absolutely. And, of course, uh, you know, what's blooming out in the community right now is trees and shrubs, you know. Mm-hmm. Lilacs, crab apples. We, we flew through we kind lilacs. of flew through everything <laughs> that way. Well, but just so. the last bit of creeping flocks that we, oh, we brought in. Yeah. And, and yeah, cause there's just not much out there in the wholesale growing channel. It's been such a successful season with it. And we brought in, I'll say, a, a modest amount, whatever we thought we could get our hands on this week. And I saw a, a big chunk of it going out yesterday. Yeah. One gentleman bought two full flats of the, yep, of the little ground guys. cover guys. Yep. Yeah, the same color. So it's like. Okay. Oh. Wow. Yeah. I better go shopping then. Yeah, you better. Get my stuff today. Yep. Yeah. Tremendous okay. selection of Thank herbs you. and vegetables. I don't think there's anything that we don't have in stock, um, except for pumpkins. pumpkins. And, uh, and green but, zebra oh. tomatoes. Uh, green zebra yeah. tomatoes. Cool. Yeah. Green zebras. <laughs> sorry about that. So, so, you know. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, just, uh, Natalie's calling in from Great. Champagne. So let's go ahead and talk to her real quick and see what's on her mind. Hey, good morning, Natalie. Good morning. Thanks for calling Thanks in. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah. You bet. I have a nine bark that is just flourishing. I think it's a smaller um, variety, and it's um, got that nasty whiteness on its leaves. So I'm going to guess the mildew, but wondered how best to treat that or if I should. I I would. I certainly um, would, too. Yeah. It's, it's just usually from um, excessive moisture. Uh, air circulation maybe not so good. You might be treating it with a fungicide, certainly. Bear 3-in-1, um, Dacanil. Yep. Uh, there, there's a number of products on the market that would take care of that powdery mildew. But you might even want to think about pruning out a few of the branches just so there's a little uh, increased air circulation. Oh, Okay. Natalie, did you just notice it here in the last few days, or how long has it been? Yes, I, I did. I, it could have been before that. I'm not always the most um, persnickety <laughs> gardener. <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah, the last last few days noticing it. Are you guys a little bit surprised? I, I'm, I'm not, but only because I found some uh, mildew on, on a part of my lawn. Which is extremely, I, 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 in fact, I almost never have mildew in the grass, but there's a, a small patch of it in, in one place in my yard. So I, I, I'm surprised actually, yes, but not really because I've seen it already. Wow. And you're yeah, not, Natalie, you're not going to get rid of it per se uh, if the temperature okay. and moisture conditions change such that it, it's not as good of an environment for it to, to do well in. That'll help. Uh, and if you use these products to help suppress it uh, and keep it from spreading more, that would be great. Uh, at the end of this season, I would do a really good job of any leaf cleanup Very and debris so you yes. have fewer spores possibly. Uh, that could be a problem okay. next year. And, and like Marianne was saying, I don't know if, if you could stand to prune the plant back or not 
but if you do, if, if it would work for you to cut it back, you're going to get tons of fresh growth on it still. Just remove those clippings and haul them out of the area so they're not hanging around with more spores. Uh, mm. Otherwise, you're defeating the purpose there. Natalie, is your plant very old? Did you just plant it? or? It's about three years old, but I will say it's, a, it's fairly close to the house and under an overhang oh. of the house that yeah. is a, a little wider and lower than most homes. So I can see how yeah. it doesn't get as much circulation. Air circulation, sure. yeah. The One of the things about physocarpus is that, that it has exfoliating uh, bark. So, you know, uh, kind of cleaning out a little bit of the uh, foliage and, and branching will allow you to see that, which is really cool. It's, it's just creates some really neat patterns on the on the bases, the trunks of the tree. What's the small variety, Little Devil? Is that the name of uh, the physocarpus? No. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think it is Little Devil. Yeah. It, you have somewhat yeah, well, of a bronzish Diablo. color leaf. Diablo. Yeah, Diablo. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Oh, same thing. Diablo, Diablo same thing. devil. Yeah, just, yeah whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, had the, I just had the card out to make sure I had, yeah. But it is a, it is a slightly smaller. It's not the big, huge line bark. Yeah. Those, those okay, are really so pretty. I, I like those. They, yeah. Oh, that's good. That, that fits into the, yeah, landscape. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Thanks, Thanks for calling, Natalie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. And good luck with that. Yep. Thanks, Natalie. Bye-bye. We just got in a real pretty gold one that's a little bit smaller. Gold uh, I like that one. Yeah. I, like I can't that remember one. the name of it, but it's pretty. How, how, uh, what size would you say it is now, and what will it grow to be? In the container from the top of the pot, it's probably eight, 18 inches, between a foot and a half and two feet. Um, but I think it's about a four-foot plant, which is unusual because the uh, nine barks are usually taller except for a little devil which is four to five feet uh, around that or maybe smaller manageable yeah that's what i'm hearing yeah that's it fits into more landscapes that way the the regular size ones are five six seven feet which is still pretty but Mm -hmm. just doesn't fit every landscape yeah right scale wise it might not go as well yeah with everything else absolutely but yeah this is awful early for for powdery mildew uh so if if i hadn't seen it in my yard i would have been very surprised i would have made sure that she was actually looking at that you know if it wasn't some other you know something flaking off of you know if there's some things it could have been but well and that that you mentioned that i did have a customer this week that did have some disease in their lawn they showed me pictures of it so and that and probably the my other major question's been how do I get rid of the violets? You know. Yeah. But this is their time to shine. You yeah, know, they it like is. cool and this is when they're prolific. And when they get done creeping Charlie comes and does yeah. its thing and yeah, it's a vicious it's creeping Charlie's already doing its thing. Oh, it's doing its thing. Yeah. 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 yeah well, Loves this know. weather, that's for sure. Yep. Does it? Yeah, the violets. But I am wondering why is the grass already if, uh having mold issues and fungus issues uh, just the conditions don't you think john i, think I, just, I just the, the it's the been so wet and then it's cool and then the sun comes out and it's warm and then it goes up and down okay Oops. and i gotta say it was in kind of a shaded area in my uh-huh. yard that i saw it. okay so uh, wasn't uh, the air circulation is pretty good there but it's still pretty shaded okay so all right good to know the good news about powdery mildew in a lawn is it's seldom a killing disease it just uh, weakens the plants a little bit but it's probably not going to be that just looks icky Ah. 
That's a good way to put it. But when when you suggested, or when you said to get rid of the grass clippings after mowing the lawn, I'm I really meant get rid of the physocarpus, the nine bark clippings after they pruned that. Is what I was. Okay, to. well that was that was helpful advice, and um, I'm sure so uh, it would be the same with f- <laughs> fungus on the lawn. Would it? <laughs> Uh, you wouldn't want I, your grass clippings. I'm not going to probably even worry about powdery mildew in my lawn. But well, I'm not going to do anything for it. It's yeah. it's it. You know, in a couple of weeks, it probably won't be there. Oh, good. Okay. And I'm and I'm not going to bag it to persist. Oh gosh, no. Um, <laughs> the you know putting that in the compost pile or anything else. I'm just going to cut it, let it fall back down, and yeah. I think the benefits of returning your your grass clippings. To the lawn, if they're not piled up in piles and, and smothering anything, are more beneficial than possibly yes. any kind of removal. Yeah, that's the but best thing about creating the mulching mower. It really yes, is. Yeah, exactly. It needs to go back in. But the cleanup from plants, uh, shrubs, trees that you know are diseased, cleanup in the fall is just essential. It's just it's one of the most important parts of the whole process of controlling or eradicating whatever problem you've got so mm. yeah it's really yeah, important for sure and that's why when people try to say oh i'll just leave the leaves because they you know they decompose they feed the lawn and yeah they do they do but, but <laughs> if they're if still you, big and chunky if you know you up. have a problem yeah 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 it's then that's the key scouting all right any any you mentioned scouting um Bagworms, any any other? Oh 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 oh! oh. oh. Teacher, teacher, me me me! <laughs> I have softfly. Yes, Miss Metz. Ugh. Already, you have what already? Softfly. Hi, my name is Marianne, and I have softfly. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning, Marianne. Glad you, glad you could, glad you could admit. Are you saying soft? Softfly. Soft. On my rose bushes. Oh, the S-A-W. Little, the little, yeah, the little holes in the leaves. Oh. Yep. Oh, yep. When do they usually come around? In the spring. They're just a little bit later. <laughs> okay. A little bit later this usually spring. Later. Yeah, actually, yeah, you're right. And is there anything that you can do for them? Oh, sure. As a preventive, I, I use Bear 3-in-1 um, because it's just, it takes care of a whole bunch of, of issues, not, not just an insect issue. But, um, yeah, I start spraying with that early, and I didn't this year, and I haven't. But oh. I'll, I will do that. I'll try to get those leaves off that have been damaged and because they usually start at the bottom work up oh so get rid of those and try to remember try to remember to spray the plant a little earlier next year no well this year continuously and the neat thing is the plant will outgrow the problem oh Oh, absolutely as long as you control the problem so if you don't then it's just going to continue to be a lacy leafed rose which could be attractive in its own way from soft not, lives. Not much of a way. Right. <laughs> like a Queen Anne's lace. That's Swiss cheese look. <laughs> yeah, right. Let's go back to the phones and talk to Margaret, who's calling in from Champagne. Good morning, Margaret. How are you? Good morning. I'm good, thanks. But I have an good. abundance of walking onions in my flower beds. Mm. Is there any way to get rid of those? I'm so sorry. I've never That's heard really of walk, walking onions. Just as the those ornamental things that just grow like crazy, any little tiny seed germinates and oh yes, <sighs> they're, yeah, they're yeah. everywhere. <laughs> I've been pulling them, but uh, and, and they're deep, aren't they? 
Yeah. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So get, yeah. trying to get them out of the ground is like, come out of there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's yeah. just hundreds and hundreds of them. You know, digging. Um, some of the other ways would be, you know, smothering. Sometimes you can put down uh, the uh, like some cardboard and mulch on top. Uh, but if you don't get too far, then eventually they're going to come out. Uh, if you persist in cutting the foliage off, eventually they won't come back as much. Uh, it's one way in the lawn, just if you're mowing them continually, the, there's no greenery to feed the feed the roots. So. Uh-huh. Yeah. But, yeah, it's well, just I've hard. Been pulling them, yeah, I've yep. been pulling them after a rain because I, I yep. seem to be able to get them out, you know, and get the bulb uh, as well. But otherwise they're... Um, They've uh, not only are they walking, they've been leaping and <laughs> running. I bet, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're they're really persistent. I think I I had that going on in, in one of my flower beds, and well, actually more than one eventually. But it it took me several years to to um, eradicate them, and it was oh, great. I just I just, I know I'm sorry. Persistent. It just it's just <laughs> yep. a, a matter of being at it all the time. If you you just yeah. gotta keep walking by that area, and because they'll grow overnight for heaven's sakes, it's just ridiculous. You just have to pull them or just keep at them, but you'll you'll get them. Yeah. Okay. But you can't That's recommend right. a product necessarily. Well, well the, the challenge with the product yeah. is if it's in close proximity to interfere with the rest of the ornamentals. Right. Yeah. Then you, yeah. you know, theoretically, yeah, you could use a non-selective herbicide and spray them and kill them if you can not get any of that same product on your desirables but gotcha. they, they grow right just i mean close to other plants and up in other plants oh. they just know where they to go do. yeah they do wow okay well thank you very much good luck thank Stay you with margaret <laughs> i'm thank gonna you. learn more about them and try to spot for some in my yard yeah they're persistent three five six nine three nine seven is our phone number this is plant experts live at prairie gardens back to the phones we go so that we can talk to joe hey good morning joe Good morning, ladies and gents. Good morning. I, uh, I have a question for you. I will give a little background. I've had some ditch bank work completed here lately, and it's fairly steep, and there's riprap now in there with a clay all the way up to my fence line. And I'm wondering if, what your recommendations are for some uh, ditch bank cover, uh, something that's going, some things that are going to hold the soil intact. That's a good question. In riffraff and clay, huh? (laughs) So explain the riffraff. So you have large, chunky gravel in part of it, or what are you? Uh, Concrete, concrete. Okay. And, and is it in the bottom and the sides, pretty high up on the sides, or where's that actually at? It, the banco itself is probably, oh gosh, from the bottom of the little creek up to the fence line is probably about 8 to 10 feet, and I would say at least half to two-thirds of it is now covered with uh, riprap. Okay. So you I've want to try and... Mo- third. Yeah, I, I, I've Do got you... like a third. No, I, I, I 
can't get a mower out there uh, anymore. Okay. Years ago, I could, but the erosion sure. just took it away. And is it uh, all so sunny? I, I want to try and keep that uh, the the ground at the fence line and the sure. other ground that's bare on the other side of the fence on the ditch bank. I want to keep that uh, soil that that clay there. Sure. Just and, in case uh, we have uh, a flood or something. Sure. How sunny is it? Is it half a day of full sun it's or more? Partial, it's, it's partial shade. Um, you know, during the middle part of the day, it gets lots of sun. And um, uh, mornings and evenings, it's fairly shaded in that area. Okay. Which complicates it a little bit. I'm assuming, uh-huh. based upon the size of this area, you probably need to do something from seed, right? And not try to do any individual plants because the area is just probably really big i assume it's it's a pretty uh lengthy area it's probably at least 50 feet 60 feet maybe okay and then still 50 60 feet on both sides plus we're saying another five uh to seven feet in the other direction wide uh well if if we did the entire length of the fence, um, which would probably be a good idea, it's probably going to be 120 feet in length or so. By what's the other dimension? By the idea of square footage. Uh, you know, the uh, end of the ditch bank, maybe, oh... It's kind of buried, but I would say at least three to four feet on top by the fence where it runs down into the bank. Uh, I mean, if, if, if money was no object, uh, you could always consider planting some perennials of sorts, you know, whether, I don't want to say just a daylily, but you could plant, you could plant things like that if you wanted to help stabilize the bank, uh, and, and I don't know that I would just because it would drive me nuts to see weeds growing up in amongst them and mm-hmm. and, and everything. Plus, it would be pretty maybe cost prohibitive. Um, so I kind of right. think towards seed. Um, Forty years mm-hmm. ago, I would have said something like crown vetch, uh, which I wouldn't do. And and that's something that, you, you know, you don't see it anymore, but you used to see it on the interstate overpass embankments they would do large seed plantings of that on very, very steep slopes, uh, but it's invasive, mm-hmm. and it reseeds, mm-hmm. and, and unfortunately it won't just limit itself to that area. You'll have it everywhere, and your neighbors will probably have it, and so I wouldn't go with that. I'm just wondering if, if I wouldn't take even a, a, a red clover or some other um, seed that I could put out there or a grass that I could just tolerate not mowing, you know, that's going to get uh, when I did some Timothy or alfalfa or something else and just sow it in some seed and walk away. Um, uh-huh. Let it be what it is. Yeah. Okay. Clover was the yeah, first I thing think, that came to my yeah. mind. Yeah, mine yeah violets. Yeah, clover or clover. Okay, yeah. like uh, maybe uh, is red clover, Does it It doesn't get as tall as like the, the white or... Uh, white clover stays shorter, mm-hmm. typically. The Dutch short, white clover is a smaller. Short. He has a smaller one, and smaller. and if 
if Rena, if Rena the the uh, bee expert, was here, she probably would be recommending to use white Dutch clover. But I, you know, that's going to kind of melt away even more in the winter, I think, than the the red clover wood. You'll still have a root system there that'll help stabilize the bank. But I guess my first reaction mm-hmm. is maybe some uh, red clover, uh, or maybe a combination. Okay. Yeah, or combination, yeah. or even clover and grass too. I do that. Yeah, or, absolutely. Uh, you have both going in there, and just know I'm not going to meet mow it. I'm probably never yeah. going to put an herbicide on it, exactly, because uh, I don't want it to be washing into the this bank and then having it going down the water stream. Exactly. I'm just going to take it for what it is. Right. All right. right. Okay. All right. Sounds Thanks good. for calling in, Joe. <laughs> and then, if you have any other questions, uh, just call into Prairie Gardens because that's what they're here for—the experts here at Prairie Gardens, including Marianne Metz. And John Weisgarber and Steve Brown. Obviously, the music is playing, so that's about the end of our show. It's about the end of the show. Yeah. So we're open till six today. Tomorrow, ten to five. Uh, great place for Mother's Day's gifts or gardening, and watch those temps the next few nights. Right. Happy Mother's Day, everybody. Happy, Happy Mother's, Mother's, Mother's Day. Day. That's great. All right, that's it for the show. I'm Tamara McDaniel. Our producer is is Dave Leak, and another thanks out to Brooke Sholem for uh, being a terrific assistant and helping us so much behind the scenes. A podcast of the show will be available later today at WDWS.com. Have a great weekend.